0: Corona Chronicle session 37 with Jennifer DeRozers. Now, Jen is a good friend of mine. Uh, Jen and Lainey Lou are good friends of mine. Uh, Jen's been on the show now, I think three times. And before I started full time on restaurant unstoppable, going back three, three years ago, I was working part time at Laney and Lou to help pay the bills while getting the sucker off the ground. And I chose Laney and Lou because Jen is a very forward thinking individual. Her concepts forward thinking, she's forward thinking as a business operator, and they're always ahead of the curve. So I, I, kind of new to, to check out what they're up to uh, when, you know, the industry started to spiral out of control. And sure enough, they were doing things uh, that you see a lot of people doing now. They were doing a few weeks back. Uh, for example, they were right there at the at the forefront helping this first line, res- the, the first line responders uh, or first responders, whatever we're calling them, uh, the hospitals, the nurses, the doctors, they were there early on providing providing aid and support to these individuals. Also, one thing that we've seen happening often is are these pop ups, Uh, Jen and her team were really early to adopt that mentality too. We also kind of, and you'll hear, um, this is kind of a teaser during the closing thoughts. I'll give you the latest and greatest that has unfolded with those pop-ups to kind of give you an idea of how fast this thing's evolving. Some of the things you need to be mindful of if you're going to do your own pop-up, uh, So, I mean, there's always so much changing, but I just wanted to make an example of Jen, her team, her her knowledge. And and the big takeaways in this chat that you'll see are the importance of mindset, uh, staying positive and keeping that mindset at the forefront of everything you're doing because it's so important for your team. Uh, We talk about pop-ups. We talk about those first line responders, getting food to them, best practices. And we also talk about how important, how important it is to communicate. Before I hit play, I want to let you know that today's episode was brought to you by P and G professional, specifically Don professional, the number one dish detergent found in most commercial kitchens around the nation. I know it's been in most of the kitchens I've worked at. And, uh, you know, with Don professional, you get long lasting suds that clean 58% more dishes per sink. And I'm not surprised to hear that statistic because in my experience, it's always been so just ridiculous how long these suds last in the water. I know you know what I'm talking about. You've experienced it too. Dom Professional also reduces sink changeovers by 35% because of those long lasting suds. You get that endurance, which means that you get 6,000 or you save up to 6000 gallons of hot water per year versus other private labels. Go check it out. Get Don Professional anywhere uh you know commercial goods are found. Uh head over to www.pgpro.com. Again, that's www.pgpro.com. I also know that you can find Don Professional at Sam's Club. This episode is also brought to you by Restaurant 365, a cloud-based, all-in-one, restaurant-specific accounting and back-office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, your payroll provider, and food and beverage vendors, and they really do integrate with so many things. Just just try it out. Any POS system that you're really interested in, see who they uh, play well with uh, in, I think, whatever... If you click the integrations tab, you'll probably see uh, restaurant 365 underneath uh, that tab listed with all the other technologies, but it it plays so well with other platforms. That's one thing I really love about restaurant 365. If you head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable, uh, you can qualify for 30% off implementation in a free inventory build within restaurant 365, a value of $5,000. Now, we got some time to work on our business right now, so you should definitely be checking out restaurant 365 five as a solution and i cannot stress how important it is you support my sponsors when you support my sponsors you support me thank you in advance now here's my chat with jen jennifer derosiers how are you
1: i'm doing so good
0: how about you great and uh jennifer is a uh, what is this your fourth or third time on the show i can't i've lost yeah, i think third thanks third time so jennifer um is a a mentor of mine a friend of mine somebody who i really admire who who i believe is doing great things in uh new hampshire the seacoast in new hampshire and i've been following you from a distance uh how you've been handling covid 19 and uh i just want to make an example of you it's always so much fun to make an example of you i always think that you're so professional and so just exude so much positive energy and you're doing it again during hard times and it's just here, here we are. Time to make an example of you again. So let me ask: How are you? How are you? How have you been handling this?
1: I, I think I'm doing really well now. Um, I was just marveling with someone before this interview that you know I think it's going to be almost a month to the day, and like on like Thursday or Friday that I've had my head really down, just completely focusing on the restaurant since uh, COVID. Um, became such a big concern so yeah. it's amazing to me that we're one month in and it's amazing to me how resilient um you know the business has been and the team has been around something that's completely uh it's i mean it's evolving every single yeah. day it's a new day
0: it's crazy so, and, and i don't think I, I mentioned that uh jennifer is the founder and uh, what's your t- president ceo Head, soul I say founder server. and CEO, I
1: guess. I need something <laughs> cooler
0: than that. Uh, Founder and CEO of, of Laney and Lou, which is based out of um, Exeter, New Hampshire. Sorry for not mentioning that before. I'll be sure to link to your previous episodes. And um, what was it like when you first started hearing it? You're right. It's been a month. It's like I was in L.A. around this time last month and it just had landed in Washington and it was making its way to, 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 to L.A. And it's crazy to think that that was a month ago, and it's, and it's so, it's spanned it's so far since then. It's traveled like mm-hmm. the virus has traveled so far since then, or deeper, I should say. It's traveled much deeper into our communities. Um, what was your first reaction?
1: Um, <clears throat> I think it was hard to understand what the impact was going to be to the business right away. So, you know, as soon as I started hearing what was happening, it was like, okay, we're going to just tighten up our sanitization um, procedures and, um, you know, keep a, I was going to keep a closer eye on operations and just make sure the team was okay. And then as it escalated within, you know, 48 hours of those conversations, uh, we actually were the first, I believe, in the first in the seacoast to go dining room free. And, um, you know, I made that decision uh, kind of just completely in a gut feel of this is probably going to come down. This is probably going to happen. So let's be proactive and do it now. And our you know, business model um, allows for that to happen, I think, pretty easily with the takeout window, etc.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but, but yeah, it's just it, it's a kind of a, it's always been a, it's felt like a whirlwind the entire time. You're just making a decision, take action, do something. Don't wait. That's yeah. what it's felt like. The
0: entire yeah, time. and um, how many folks did you have to lay off total to to this point, or furlough, to, or what did you decide? Furlough, layoff. What was your approach?
1: I'm super proud to say that um, I have 18 team members, and all 18 team members are still fully employed. I had one um, one team member who was only working uh, about three to four hours a week as a high school uh, kid after school. And he made the decision to uh, to step away. But actually, he's still coming to all of our all hands meetings, et cetera, that um, are happening on Zoom. So he's still engaged, but he's not coming into the restaurant. That's, that was his choice. But everyone else is still fully in, employed and the work, hours that they've asked for.
0: Okay. So you are operating at reduced hours then, I would imagine, for each person.
1: No. no um, really? wow. In fact, we're not. So we're still working um, our standard hours seven days a week.
0: Yep. Uh, so yeah. I, I feel like at this point, I would hope that my listeners have made decisions within their business uh, as far as you would hope they would, I would be hard pressed believe nobody has made these decisions as far as what they're going to do with their staff and all that. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about that, but I am curious on how you've pivoted your business and how you're changing systems and operations, how you're changing y- your, your story, your tone, all these things to adapt to the current situation, the current state of the uh, industry. Take us through that.
1: Well, the procedural stuff, to me, is pretty straightforward. It's um, you know being more diligent, I guess, um, I would say more diligent, if you will, with glove usage. Now we're using gloves for standard sort of utility-type activities that we normally would not have, um, gloves when handling cash, although we did just go cashless today. Um, so it's some of those things. But the team has been so engaged and so diligent, and we, um, you know, sanitization and procedures, have always been very critical for us. I feel like that part of the transition was really easy. Um, it, it just was more. Um, I think more of the challenges came around mindset and how's the team feeling, how's the team showing up, and that's really where, where my focus has been. As you also know, like our, you know, our uh, mission as a business is around creating and inspiring and building community and wellness. And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's that? In wellness, really? Um,
1: yeah, in wellness. So, um, so we just really sat in our core values, sat in our mission as strongly as we possibly could, and said, "Okay, how can we show up as Laney and Lou in the biggest way possible? In a way that's going to, you know, protect our staff, nourish our staff, and and um, follow suit with our mission with inspiring community." Yeah, and uh, you know, we, so we've innovated. So we took immediate action on the procedures, and then we innovated with um, our business model with our our menu with our offerings in order to suit what we felt like the community needed
0: and i just want to make an example uh you know we sometimes we go through these these exercises of mission statement of purpose and values and all those things like why this is so cheesy why are we doing this for times like this when the the poop hits the fan and everything's mayhem and uh you can easily center and realign with what is most important. And it it helps guide us through stuff like this. And you're right now sharing with us that, that leaning on those missions and, and being having that clarity of who you are and why you are that person sounds like it's, it's really helped steer you and your team through this.
1: Absolutely. And it, it gave like a foundation for the community to say, I know that this is what Laney and Lou is. I know I can trust this team um, and this company. And so, so many people were coming in, especially in the early days, Before a lot of restaurants closed, they were coming to us saying, this is the only restaurant that I feel comfortable going to right now because I know what cleanliness means to you, et cetera, et cetera. um, and so that felt really that felt really good for us as you, well.
0: You mentioned that you, you knew you had to focus on mindset. Um, I think that is a, a sentiment that kind of transfers throughout the industry right now. And, and, it, and it's a device that a lot of us could probably use when communicating to our team. So how are you addressing mindset within your team? And how can we replicate that in our own
1: businesses? Okay. So there's a couple of things. Like Our team really likes to lean into what's happening with the community. They need to have a really strong connection with the community. So, um, for us, one of the things that happened within, I don't know, maybe 48 hours or so of, um, uh, you know, of this whole thing beginning, one of our, uh, community members came to us and said, I'm going to go out into the community and try to get 10 people to buy 10 meals for healthcare workers. And I'm going to place that order with you. Are you good with that? And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Well, 10 meals became 20 meals, became 40 meals. And, um, within the first, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And I was like, Whoa, okay, there's something here. So we quickly pivoted to create a community action program that um, allowed for customers on online order or phone or whatever to order, uh, give a smoothie, give a bowl. And so they could order a meal to give to um, someone working at a hospital, a healthcare facility, uh, a first responder or someone in need and this is and around a week ago you guys
0: around april 1st so we've this.
1: so we've been doing this campaign now for over three weeks oh
0: wow okay never mind we
1: have um i was going to look up the numbers before i talked to you but i wasn't able to but I'm I'm pretty sure we're somewhere in the 800 to 900 meals um, wow. at this point that's that incredible. have moved out into the community.
0: Yeah, and this is a a big um, hot topic right now. Is that just the uh, hospital workers, first responders, um, with everything that shut down? The cafeterias in, in, in uh, hospitals are shut down right now, and it's hard for mm. these workers to get a good meal. Um, and they're working crazy hours too. On top of all of that, uh, th- mm-hmm. this, this is definitely a way to be of value to your community, just to, to step up and to, to be that middleman to help connect, you know um, so, you know, to bring support to these people in hospitals. What do we need to know if we want to recreate this in our own community? If we're out there and uh, there's a need within the hospitals, what, what hardware do we need? What systems do we need? Take us through that if we want to recreate it.
1: I will. So let me just circle around to why I brought this up in your last question, which is around mindset, because yeah, oh, I think what right. this Sorry. program did, that's okay. So <laughs> what what this program did though, was it really, it laser focused the team on something that was so much bigger than them mm. and tapped straight into the mission that they loved so much. So all of a sudden they felt like, wow, like I'm doing something that's so impactful. This is way more, um, way more, uh, um, I guess I wouldn't say fun. Um, It's way more valuable than sitting at home and not having a job. So they, they felt like um, you know, they, they were really on the front lines at that point and making a huge difference. And the feedback we were getting from the hospital workers was like, it it, it was causing lots of tears uh, of joy in the restaurant. And it's keep, it's kept us focused and moving forward in such a beautiful way.
0: If that isn't Um, a reason for you to show up, you know, then I don't know what it is, and and it's within our DNA. We need to feel valued. We need to feel like we have a purpose, and you know that's that's you know flirting with those higher needs, those Maslow higher needs, right? Uh, when you can mm-hmm. tap into that stuff, that's magic. It's it's really valuable stuff. Um, so that's a great example. Thank you for getting into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: So to go to your next question, um, I think it's super valuable. Um, what I've learned through this process is, you know, we immediately started contacting. Um, you know, members of a local hospital that we had already established relationships with. And we were uh, coordinating the drop-offs very carefully. But within one or two days, of course, the, the, ho- the hospitals were experiencing str- extreme amounts of stress and they were starting to revise their own procedures at the same time. So like what we were doing at the restaurant times a thousand mm. they were experiencing. And then, of course, the hysteria, um, uh, from the public. So, um, as they continued to lock down um, their own entry points and um, you know guest procedures, all those sort of things, that of course affected our ability to get food into the hospital to the people that really needed it. So um, it's been, I would say if someone's interested in trying to move food into a healthcare facility, specifically hospitals you got to find the right person to talk to first and foremost and what was happening is other what we understood to be happening was other um people all well intentioned all wanting to help were just showing up and then uh walking into the hospital and unannounced and leaving food or other items and it was actually becoming a burden to the hospital and so some places have actually um Limited and or um, just not allowed for contributions. So that's been unfortunate. it's It's something that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so we actually are talking up to essentially director level people at um, hospitals. we We're coordinating with five different hospitals now, um probably about three different healthcare care um, facilities. We've worked with three elder care facilities, several nonprofits that are supporting underserved members of our community. So we're, we're talking to executive directors and VPs, et cetera, so that we're not just showing up. And there's a conversation that says, okay, hey, I've got 25 meals today, or I've got 50 meals today. Do you want to see us? If not, can we coordinate later in the week? Um, another advantage that we have is that all of our food is presented in rigid packaging. It's all fully compostable, but it is rigid, so it can be wiped down and sanitized. So we've discussed all of those things, like what, how you're going to receive the food, how the uh, food is um, prepared, and how it will be transported uh, to the hospital. And so I think they're super, um, you know, super grateful that we're thinking to that level. Um, of detail. And for me, like I like to think things through as detail oriented as possible. Like if I do this, what will happen next? What will happen next? What will happen next? Because adding an additional layer of stress or burden on to these, um, you know, frontline workers just does not make sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good point. I and mean, we we, in our hearts of hearts want to do the best thing But sometimes in trying to help we can complex or complicate things. And we, we do have to be, be mindful of that. So thank you for getting to that, those details. Yes. Um, anything else we need to know in, in that regard if we want to be of aid to first responders? Are you, are you just serving um, hospitals right now? Or are you doing anything for other surf, uh, first responders or, or uh, not, not first responders but um, uh, essential workers is what I was trying to say.
1: Yeah. So we've done, um, you know, like I said, five or six different hospitals, and then we'll do more like a convenient MD sort of drop-in clinic. Um, we've, we've done several of those. Um, and then general healthcare facilities, like there's a public health, um, facility, a couple towns away that, um, has just been overburdened and they do everything, including mental health, which is a significant concern right now elder care facilities are really struggling, um, as well. And it's really like this food, just to be clear, the food is going to people that work at the establishments. It's not going to like, you know, whatever people in the hospital or, um, patients or, um, the elderly, it's going to the people that are experiencing that, the stress of trying to care for other people. Um, which I think is really important. And our food is so nourishing that I think, um, you know, that really helps in so many in so many ways. Yeah. And then we've also um, we've also gone to, I think, four different um, fire departments, police departments now. And um, and then again, uh, nonprofits uh, like Chase Home for Children, Gather, New Hampshire. These organizations are, are bringing food to either people that can't afford it or can't um, you know, go out to get it. Um, or, you know, like chase them for children and you know, they're, these children are actually living, um, at this residential facility, but because of the lockdown, they're no longer able to see their family mm. or see other support staff that they need to. So this is like a way to just sort of brighten up their experience.
0: Now, all these meals that you're sending out are being purchased by the general public and going through you. So, I mean, it's, yes. it's that's incredible that you're, you're able to be of service and, you're, you found a way to be profitable through it too, which is kind of weird to talk about profitability through this time, but yeah, at the end of the day we are a business, and we we do have people that rely on us for livelihood, you know um, yes. so that you can, you can find a way to be that through these hard times is just really astounding. Um, and you're doing it um, tastefully too, which I think is really hard to do sometimes too. Um, a lot of people are out there trying to make noise to draw attention to themselves, right uh, and that can kind of come off wrong sometimes. And you guys don't come off like that at all, which I I mean, the sincerity of it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is really impactful in itself.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that you can, you can draw on um, what I'm about to say, no matter what the circumstances and the environment is, is because we're anchoring into our mission, we feel 100% 100% confident about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so it never feels icky or wrong. Yeah, And, um, and so that's exactly what's happening now. I, unfortunately, because we've been so busy, I don't have a feel on what our profitability has or hasn't been, but I can tell you that business is definitely down and that this program is helping sustain our business to keep the business open and, and have, or at least keep my employed. That was my number one thing is like, number one thing, safety of my team, number two thing, keep everyone employed. And, um, and so I've, I'm very thankful that we've been able to do that thus far. And we plan to do whatever we have to do to continue that to happen. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's super important that, um, You know, I just sort of clarify that, you know, we're certainly not killing it. We're still experiencing the down numbers, but, um, the community has really rallied around, um, us and our, our whole mission, which is really beautiful. And we call it impact upon impact because what happens is, is that the community gets to contribute something bigger than them. That helps me maintain, of course, my business, but the livelihood of my team, more importantly, they're all of course, supporting their families back home. And, um, and then we're still ordering from our farmers and local merchants, and we're paying our bills. And so the things that come out of that are, are truly tremendous. In the meantime, I I actually stopped taking a paycheck one month ago, because I knew that things were going to get tough. And so those I'm willing to make a personal sacrifice to make sure that um we're paying attention to the livelihood of the people that need it
0: well comparably to the rest of the industry right now even though your numbers are down you are killing it believe me Um, Mm. the fact that you can keep all of your employees on 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 hand um is a testament to how well you're doing right now so i'm gonna literally tip my hat to you um and be the only other thing that I, i Well, there's, I could talk to you for hours, but one thing I want to make sure we talk about is that you're also leveraging these Um, Mm pop-ups. Anything in regard to these pop-ups, I have, I've been kind of weary about promoting people doing pop-ups because I don't know if it, it is conducive with social distancing, Um, but Mm -hmm. I I know that if you're doing it, you, you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't think it was safe. So I'm really curious to get your perspective on that.
1: So, we thought about this a lot. Um, The idea kind of came out of the blue to me, and I thought, okay, I've got so many people that are requesting our food. We expanded our delivery radius to 10 miles. We are, I think, one of two restaurants that's doing that for free. Um, To me, it allows us to get our food um, and our nourishment to a much broader audience. We are also very fortunate to have a lot of people that typically, when um, we're not in a COVID season, um, to we had a lot of people that tried to come to us on the weekends. And um, so I started getting messages from people from Portsmouth and surrounding towns saying, I'm, I'm missing my Laney and Lou. And uh, so I was like, how do we get food to them? Because we could just deliver to their doorstep, but then we would be doing 20 mile radius radiuses and that would be silly. Um, So I was like, well, why not do a single point of pickup? And so we were able to partner with a local gallery that allowed us to the doors are open and people can walk in and they don't touch a single thing. They're, they they uh, they announce who they are. We present their food to them and they walk away and that's it. So everyone is completely distanced and um and it worked out so well the first time. We're doing our our next one on Thursday and and when I say so well, to the standpoint of um we got a fair number of orders to make it to me makes sense to do it again from a coordination standpoint, but also I could see that we nailed the safety part of the execution and, and I was, was like, all right, yeah, that was the I'm first time. Again. So
0: now you keep, you, you, yeah. you develop a pattern uh, you can create habits and people can share the word, you know, spread the word. And hopefully every time you, you continue to do it, you get a few more people to bite. Uh, yep. Pun not intended. And we're doing
1: another <laughs> one uh, next week in a different city. And I'm very excited because we do have a very strong following in these areas. Um, so, I'm excited about it, and to me, it's no different than someone coming to the pickup window at Laney and Lou. They're just going to a different location where where we have a strong sense of uh, followers there. so I we'll see how it goes. I'm excited about them, and I think it's a way to uh, innovate and be creative and to bring nourishment to people that you know don't want to drive far and are practicing proper social distancing.
0: So you're making that, that whole process of picking up easier, but I'm curious as far as logistics go, what other key elements are you? setting into that i mean the the process of ordering you're using your your standard pos to do that um how are you just putting the word out with social media like what how are you training your 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 followers your loyal followers like how are you get how are you collecting them and how are you getting them to be proactive in, in ordering ahead of time and like that, that yeah whole
1: i mean that's that's process. such a valuable question yeah i we should definitely say that these are all pre-ordered things so the pre-orders are all Coming in via online order, and then they are—they're um, noting like we're giving them step by step. There's like four steps that they need to do to just you know put the order in, and then acknowledge in the order notes that it's for a what we're calling it—it's a pickup pop-up. So they're only coming in to pick up pre-orders. They're not—they're certainly not coming in and like buying a pre-made item or anything like that. So, um, yeah. And thank God it felt like everyone understood it. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Cause I can see that. Especially when you have multiple pop-ups going like, how do you know which one's going where and all that? Um, I'm sure it can yeah. logistically get kind of confusing. Uh, anything we have not discussed, Jen, anything that you, you are proud of things you're doing well, any words of wisdom or advice to anybody out there trying to just survive this thing?
1: Um, well, I can say that what I'm encouraging my team to do is, is to, um, feel all the feels and, um, you know, we are a, a deeply, um, sensitive team and that's just kind of who I attract, but I do think that this is a, a very, uh, stressful time. So I, I'm encouraging people and I would encourage the listeners to, um, you know, encourage their teams to ask for what they need. And so one of the things that I did, um, right away, um, was I told the team now, not everyone can do this. I understand that, but I, I took a risk by telling the team, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month. But what I will tell you is I have your back. So for the next three weeks, this was literally on like March 13th or 14th, whatever it was. Um, I don't know what's about to happen. We could get shut down at any time. I I have no idea. But what I do know is that for the next three weeks, I'm going to pay you for the hours that you're scheduled. I do know that I'm going to keep you up to date. Um, As soon as I hear something, you hear something. And as soon as you feel uncomfortable with being in the restaurant or you feel the slightest sniffle you go home and I'm going to pay you because I do not want you to be in a situation where you feel like I have to come in because I need, I need the money. And so I think what happened was that allowed now this is kind of past. So it's hard for me to give advice for something that's already happened, but it, what it, it, what it did was it allowed the team to have some breathing room and take the stress away of that side. Like Jen's got my back. Now I can just be me and I can show up and I can do my thing. And if I'm not feeling well, I can leave. And we did. We had people that came up and were like, I have like the slightest sniffle. I'm going to go home. And I I was like, go home for three days. Yeah. And um, so thankfully, our team is all very healthy. Everyone's everyone's back if they took time away. Some people just took time away because they were tired. Yeah. And so if you're still if if for those that are listening that are still open, I would encourage you to check in with your team on the reg because um, they're experiencing levels of stress and exhaustion that are unprecedented. And for me, I could say, at least for my team, that most of them are in their early to mid twenties. So they're processing emotions that they're not, and they're not used to experiencing or may may not be fully capable of understanding. Um, And so, yeah, we've, we've just had to have some a lot of heart to hearts and, and just be like, everything's going to be okay. And we're going to get through this together.
0: Yeah. Just communicating intent is so important. Uh the worst thing you can do right now is just be silent um, and, and not communicate at all because there's just that, you know, you're just going to you know, increase the level of anxiety at that point when people mm-hmm. don't have answers, even if the answer is I don't have the answer, but hey, I have an intent and here's my intent. Um, cause nobody yeah. has answers right now. And to let that, and to let your people know that even like that, that we don't know how long this is going to go. Um, but, but I am paying attention as soon as I know, I will let you know, I will not intentionally keep you in the dark it is enough to mm-hmm. kind of put people at ease. And, um, the only other thing I want to bring to the surface before I let you go, uh, something I'm trying to get more and more people to reflect on what you think the future is going to look like. Um, and what you're doing right now to prepare for that future based on what you think it's going to look like.
1: I'm leaning into the fact that we as humans um, we flourish around community and connection, and I can say that at least for me and my friend groups, the other entrepreneurs that I'm close with, um you know we're all desperate to get back to uh, life as it was, and I do think people will be um, more eyes open, probably notice what restaurants are following proper sanitation, what restaurants aren't um, and be less uh, lenient around um, those types of mistakes. So if, if you're the type of restaurant that um, whatever touches money and then touches food and, and just doesn't really think to that degree of importance, then I think you're going to have so You're you're going to have to adjust and be more diligent with your team going forward. Um, so I think, but I do think that people will come back to restaurants. I did a poll on Instagram the other day, like who's looking forward to getting back into restaurants and sitting down and connecting or going to live events. And, and it was a hundred percent, Yes, everybody. I'm one of those yeah. people.
0: I'm getting a little stir crazy right now. I'm, <laughs> this is coming from somebody who rather drive across the country to sit across the table from somebody and have a conversation than do it Absol- absolutely. Zoom. But, um,
1: yeah, that's where you know we're pack. We're pack animals. We were not meant to be alone. That's why everyone is struggling. Uh, so badly and the only saving grace is that we're all experiencing the same thing right now
0: yeah and and, you know we're not at a none of no one of us is at a disadvantage you know we're all going through the same challenge right now so you're Mm -hmm. we're together in in the struggle which is is kind of um you know we can be so close to our challenges that we can kind of isolate ourselves within our challenges but the truth is it's it's like that for everybody so when this is over we're all going to be you know climbing that hill together, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think there is some solace in that for sure. Jen, thank you so much uh, for always making time for me and for sharing your insight, your positivity, your knowledge. Uh, it was a, a pleasure connecting and I wish you the best.
1: Thank you, Eric. It's always good to talk to you.
0: There you go. My conversation with Jennifer Droger is from Laney and Lou up in New Hampshire, just a big fan of what they're doing up there and her in general. And uh, again, the big takeaways in this conversation are communicating and being mindful of mindfulness and the 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 mental health of your people right and whatever you're doing they're going to reflect that you know so be fine, be be mindful of the energy you're putting off and be hopeful and your team will have you know they'll they'll, they'll carry that same sentiment and then also just good communication uh, if you don't know say you don't know and let your people know Uh, when you think you'll know, and then check in with them at that time, just, you can't over communicate right now. And the last thing your employees want to be is left in the dark. So just keep those channels of communication open and let them know that they have that right of way to communicate with you. Anything that they are uncomfortable about, let them know that they can come to you and, and be there for them. Uh, this is so important. And then we also talked about some best practices around, um, Doing these, these pop ups and uh, providing aid to first responders. Uh, some great tips around basically communicating with these hospitals. Don't just assume that they're going to be willing and able to take this food. Uh, there's protocol. There's steps you have to take to 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 be safe, uh so really look into those steps, maybe we can i don't know if i'm I'm really curious to see if the hospitals really need the same help they used to. The last thing we want to do is overload the hospitals and waste food in, in the event or the attempt of trying to look supportive We're just kind of creating more problems and Now it sounds kind of silly, but it's a real thing to consider and I think uh Jen was you know good to kind of mention that in today's conversation that we have to be mindful of process when it comes to hospitals. Uh, and then we talked about these pop-ups and I now these pop-ups, they're interesting. I think that we can pull them off. So I said in the beginning of today's episode that uh, there's a little bit of a teaser and things are happening and changing so fast. Like I'm, I'm recording these episodes and trying to get them out before a week's time. But even that isn't, is, you know, not fast enough because since we recorded this episode, Jen and her team have um, been asked to stop doing the pop-ups in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So I asked, well, what can we learn from this? I feel like, you know, there's, there's a lesson within this. And she said what she would have done differently is just reached out to the authorities and gotten permission first. And I guess what happened was somebody called and complained about these pop-ups that, you know, not being, I don't know the specifics around it, but point being is, you know, in in these times um, when we see an opportunity, we, we have to kind of jump on those opportunities uh, for the good of our team, for the good of our business, and to be creative and to, to, to try to find solutions in chaos. And I think that's what Jen was doing. I think that's what many of you are doing. But we have to keep in mind that there still are regulations in this chaos, regulations and protocols still exist. So do your due diligence, make sure that you're not breaking any, um, you know, permitting issues when you're doing these pop-ups and, and play it safe. Cause you don't want to put the, the, the time and energy into developing these, these processes, these systems, uh, to, to be shut down. So Hopefully they're able to get going with that again, and um, I, I don't want this to discourage you guys from getting creative to find ways to turn a revenue. But just you know, in 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 chaos, we still need to mind our due diligence, and I think that's the lesson to take away from that. And just thank you for getting back to me on that, Jen. And uh, stay positive out there, guys. Stay creative. Uh, you know, there's going to be opportunities in this, and as I see people finding those opportunities, I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, pass them along to you so we can try to you know keep our heads above water as long as possible through these weird times and i think that's it for today thanks for for sticking around this long uh thanks again to my my guest jennifer jerosers and uh, you'll talk to me tomorrow actually tomorrow the episode that'll be going live is going to be my interview with Emily Williams Knight, who's the CEO and president of the Texas Restaurant Association. Uh, and I've been really impressed with what these folks have been doing at the Texas Restaurant Association with staying up to date, plugged in with the regulations and the relief packages that have been offered. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not the person to go to for this information. It's it's a little overwhelming for me in each state is a kind of each restaurant, each state, each city can be case by case, uh, with a lot of these things that are coming out. So it's too much for me to keep my, my thumb on, but I think the best thing you can do is go to your state you know, your state's representatives, your state associations, and let them be your source of information. And that the Texas restaurant association is the second largest association second to the national restaurant association. So getting, I think getting Emily on the show, um, they're a leader in this, 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 uh, industry of, of restaurant associations for sure. And what they're doing, it will be a good um, example of what I think we could all be focusing on throughout the country. Uh, so I'm gonna get her to kind of talk about the latest and greatest with this around what's happening with this relief, these relief packages. So if you have questions, uh, let me know uh, as soon as you listen to this uh, shoot me your emails that, with your questions. I'll try to get those questions on the recording with uh, Emily, which will be around one or, or noon uh, central time one o'clock eastern time so if you guys get me your questions before that time on Monday when this goes live I'll be able to get those those questions worked into the interview just giving you a heads up on that all right and before I say goodbye I'm proud to say that this episode is brought to you by P&G Professional specifically Dom Professional the number one dish detergent found in most commercial kitchens throughout the nation with suds lasting 58% longer and are cleaning up to 58% more dishes with each sink again that's Dom Professional from P&G Professional head over to PGPro.com this episode was also brought to you by Restaurant 365 a cloud-based all-in-one restaurant-specific accounting and back office platform, which seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll providers, and food and beverage vendors. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation and a free inventory build. And a free inventory build within Restaurant 365, a value of $5,000. And don't forget, if you support my sponsors, you support this mission to inspire, empower, and transform our industry. Thank you in advance for using my sponsors. And let them know that it was Restaurant Unstoppable that put them on your radar. All right. Until next time, peace.